Howdy and welcome to the 10-Week Bible Study. This is week 7, day 3 of our study of 1st and 2nd Timothy. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2nd Timothy 1, 9-12. Well, welcome back to the 10-Week Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Before we get started, I want to encourage you to consider leading a small group using the 10-Week Bible Study. We've come up with some great books and resources to help make that happen. Head over to 10weekbible.com to see everything that we have available. With that, let's go ahead and pray before we start today. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's show me to God's word to be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Timothy 1, starting in verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Pausing right there, Paul is continuing. This is the thought that we've kind of broken up in half. We ended yesterday where, where Paul is encouraging Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel and don't be ashamed of me, his servant. And then he's continuing this the same sentence. And he says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life in immortality to light through the gospel. Let's pause right there. So we don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. We don't need to be ashamed of those who preach the gospel. We don't need to be ashamed of God. And, and Paul is continuing on in this thought. He's given us this holy calling. He saved us and he gave us this holy calling. And I, I speak often about how when we consider what we've been saved from and what we've been saved to, I'm sure you've seen those depictions of, you know, there's a cliff on this side and a cliff on this side and it says man and God, you know, and and then it's like the cross comes and descends and becomes a bridge so that you can cross this thing. The, the divide, if we were to truly understand and imagine the divide that has been bridged by that cross, bridged by what Jesus did for us, that we get to spend eternity with God as opposed to separated and under punishment. The the bridge, the, or the divide that the cross has bridged is unfathomably large, infinitely large. For us to, to truly imagine and understand what we've been saved from and what we've been saved to, for me, it's unimaginable. I wrap my head around it. And and I, I try to wrap my head around it. I begin to wrap my head around it, and it, it it's too much for me. It's just too much. I, I feel like for all eternity, I'll be trying to wrap my head around what God has actually done for me. Forever and forever and forever, I'm not sure if it's actually possible for me to come to a full understanding of what God's done for me, that that not only did I deserve for my rebellion and sin, that I deserve punishment and separation, but because of his grace and mercy and his salvation, I'm going to inherit not only just eternal life, not just a get out of hell free card, not fire insurance, but I, I get to inherit all of the things that he promises in the book of Revelation to those that overcome He's going to give all of these things, boom, 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 boom. I encourage you to read Revelation chapters two and three. 
see over and over and over again what he gives to those who overcome. To see throughout scripture the promises he gives to those who follow him and give their lives to him. He's created mansions for each one of us in eternity. He's he's given us the rewards that were given to him by God. God is going to give Jesus rewards for what he's done, and then he's going to turn around and give them to us. So, no, we shouldn't be ashamed. He's given us a holy calling. And again, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his grace that he's given. And he determined to do it, as Paul says, before time began. Paul mentions that he has abolished death, that Jesus has brought abolished death and brought immortality to light through the gospel. And this is something that, that can't be overstated. We live in a culture right now and 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 a growing percentage of Christians would like to say, no, we shouldn't think about or focus on eternity. We, we shouldn't live the Christian life because of that we're going to live forever. We should, we should be good to people and we should do things because it's just right to do. And that sounds good. That sounds noble, but that's not anywhere in scripture. Scripture actually says the contrary. We have to think about eternity. We have to think about what we're going to inherit forever. Because if, if, you're, if you're just weighing decisions that you need to make in this life based on their, their consequences in this life, well, obviously there's going to be some things that we're going to say no to because it's like, ah, do I really want to preach the gospel here and potentially lose my life for the gospel? Is that really worth it or should I live to fight another day kind of thing? You know, Maybe sometimes that's the Lord's plan for us. But how many of the great men and women, you know, in, in Christ who've gone before us, now they didn't go into it knowing that they're going to be martyred, but how many of them accepted it? The Jim Elliots of the world, because these people need to know Jesus, no matter the cost. They're willing to pay the cost. And it's not a decision you can make unless this immortality is real to you. And if you're just living the Christian life for what you can get out of it now in the here and now, again, that's not a terrible idea, but that's not biblical. Paul here is encouraging us to understand and think about immortality because Christ has abolished death. So this, this divide that people fear, that people make decisions based on, it's not a thing to us anymore. This, the difference between life and death, it's a blurred line for a believer. And he's encouraging us to live like that. To continuing on, verse 11. To which was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. Paul speaking of himself, obviously, here. Verse 12. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed for, and not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. So Paul's saying it's because of this eternal reality. It's because of this immortality that I know Jesus has promised me. That's the calling he's given me as a preacher and apostle, teacher of the Gentiles. Is that because of this, because of my understanding of this eternal state that I have, I'm willing to suffer. 
I'm willing to suffer. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I know that he's going to come through on that day. Paul can't do what he's doing unless he's got an eye on eternity. And anyone that tells you, and, and, and I believe that people say this, they're well-intentioned. They really are. They see life and it's like, well, we should just be nice to people because that's the right thing to do. And yes, we should. But Paul's saying that's not enough. I mean, we can be nice to the people who are nice to us. Anybody sees that. Jesus says, what's that to you? Be nice to the people who hate you and spitefully use you. Pray for those. He's like, then you actually get a reward in heaven. But he's like, if you're just nice to the people that are nice to you, you get your reward in that. Anyone can do that. And most of the time when we're thinking about being nice to people, we're, we're, we're trying to be nice to them so we can maybe soften them up a little bit. It'll be nice to us. And, and it's, it's really a, a payback situation, whether, whether we want it to be or not. Even if we think ourselves completely altruistic, generally there's some ulterior motives hidden inside our hearts. But being willing to suffer being nice to people knowing that they're going to treat you poorly or expecting them to treat you poorly. That's different entirely. That takes something outside of this life. It really does. We really have to ponder what is this life to us in light of eternity. And if there really is an eternity to be had, to be laid hold of, and if there really are people that are going to be forever cut off from eternal life, then we'll receive eternal punishment. Then it really is worth it to speak boldly. It really is. It really is worth it to, to lose our shame of preaching something that Paul says is foolishness to the Gentiles and a stumbling block to the Jews. Yeah, it's going to sound like foolishness to, to atheists and people that are too smart for God, want to do things their own way. It's going to sound like foolishness to lay down your life for Jesus. But when, when you come to terms with the state that we're in, what we deserve versus what God has given us, Again, nothing, nothing in the world makes sense but to lay our lives down for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus. And suffering, as Paul calls it in another letter, this, it's, it's this present light affliction is what he calls it, in light of the eternal weight of glory. Nothing makes sense except that we give him everything that we have to give in this life. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-Week Bible Study Podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's Word. Thank you.